Okay, welcome to Bike Radio. I'm here with Brendan Hausler, and we're here talking about altitude and how you prepare for a race at altitude. If you're from sea level, what to expect, you know, why is riding at altitude harder? And then also we're actually going to talk about if you live at altitude, like how to prepare for races at sea level, which maybe a lot of people don't actually think about. So, yeah, so... Uh, we'll start off like talking about what happens at altitude um, and why is it harder? So as you go up in elevation, there's less oxygen um, in the air. And so, you know, there's less pressure of oxygen. So with every breath you breathe in, you're getting in less oxygen. Um, and so your body has to work harder to actually circulate the same amount of oxygen as what you'd have at sea level. Um, and then there's just not as much oxygen available by the time it gets to the muscles. So as a result, your VO2 max goes down, your FTP is going to go down and you're going to start hyperventilating sooner and you're just not going to have the same amount of power. So, yeah. That's the biggest thing for me that I had noticed and we can talk about, I'd love to share my varied experiences through Colorado Springs for Masters Nats, Ecuador, racing up at 11,000 feet. And that is the biggest thing for me was not the hyperventilating. And I think partly because I plug use AeroFit, that has been a huge help for me. And I don't want to say staying calm with breathing because it's not like, oh, just be calm and breathe, but being more in tune with my breathing and understanding it's really hard to put this in the words it's like understanding how the deep breaths should feel when going hard on a bike that's i think one of the most the biggest yeah. benefits of this thing yeah but the the biggest thing that i noticed in ecuador was that feeling of lack of oxygen to the muscles it felt like someone was holding on to my legs and i was just like oh man let me pedal this bike yeah. and up that high could not do it and i i'm trying to remember it took about two and a half weeks it was right before i left i had a decent ride but we can post a link to this chart so people that might not be familiar with this because i even had somebody comment so when I'm in Florida at zero feet and I grew up in Rochester, New York, so I think it's at a thousand feet, I went and was in uh, North Carolina visiting and went to do a VO2 max workout. Couldn't do it. And like the numbers were poor. And I was like, this is weird. Why am I? And I was just kind of exploding two minutes, two and a half minutes in. And the only thing was afterwards, uh, it dawned on me, wait a minute, I was at 4,500 feet. And when you're non acclimatized, people don't realize at 5,000 feet, you have 90 and this is, everyone's gonna be different, but this is a chart and we can post this 91% FTP. So of course you're going to blow up. If you're trying to hit the top of your VO2 max and you're lop, not lopping off 10% of that. Somebody made a comment when I had said just recently, I went back to North Carolina they said, man, you're not in like the Rocky mountains. And I, want to ask him, Hey, have you ever gone from zero to 5,000? Maybe altitude doesn't hit this guy. Altitude definitely affects me. I get sick from it pretty quickly. So even if you're going to not crazy high areas, be somewhat prepared to take some power off, or it can be, I mean, I think we all know when you're not hitting numbers, it's frustrating and you're wondering what's going on. It could just be that you haven't gotten used to it. And now 
I think that that was being in North Carolina at 4,500 to 5,000 feet was a big benefit for Masters Nationals last year because the race is at 6,500 and it goes up to 7,000, I think. So instead of going zero to 7,000, I went 5,000 to 7,000, obviously way closer uh, together. So um, that's just sort of, I think that's a good, good tidbit for people to know. Um, where do we want to take this from there? It's kind of funny, like when I I'm was born at like seven thousand feet. So and this is in Colorado Springs. Yeah, so that's where like I rode for the first nine years of my riding experience, and I think I've actually still probably I've raced at sea level like only a handful of times, like not that much. And I remember the first time I raced at sea level in California, it was like it was nuts. I did like an opener the day before and did like a five minute opener, which felt was like, felt like threshold, but it was like, what would be like a five minute all out effort for me at 7,000 feet. It was like, Holy cow. Like this is, I feel like Superman. And so when I go down to like Boone, which is, you know, like 3000 to 4,000 feet, like that feels really low to me actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get 10% bonus. Other people are getting a 10% uh, yeah. takeaway. Yeah. Well, I had never, so, I mean, I had never been away from altitude for more than like a week before. And so when I moved to Boone and then came back here after like five months, I was like, oh, <laughs> this is. <laughs> and so I, I came back here a month ago and the first like two weeks, I felt pretty garbage. And then finally, like last week, I was like, oh, I, like, I feel normal now. So let's talk about that. What do you see as the time that it takes people to acclimate? And so what I had heard is every, and we're going to get confusing here, every thousand meters is 11 days. So every 3,000 feet is about 11 days. What what do you go by um, or what have you seen or heard or athletes that you've talked to? Yeah, I mean, anecdotally, I feel like I've heard two weeks, which, but what you said actually makes a lot of sense because I would be a like 2000 meters or something like that. So that'd be 22 days, which really it took me about three weeks before I started feeling normal. Like my first workout, my first high intensity workout a week after was awful. And then it kind of got progressively better until like the third week I actually felt like normal. So I feel like that's probably just based off how it feels is probably pretty correct. But it's actually funny. Like my Garmin normally just, gives me a load of crap and it says like, Oh, you're detraining and you need to recover for 95 hours. But it also gives you that like acclimation thing. Mm-hmm. And that actually felt pretty accurate. Cause like, right when I started feeling normal again, like it was when I was saying I was acclimated to 7,000 feet. So, you know, maybe that is that's actually accurate. It is interesting on the Garmin. Um, and so I think, so let's talk about what if you're going to race at altitude and you don't have, the time to do to be there for two weeks i had heard that you could just try and show up and trick your body and so this is where i want to share my colorado springs masters nats 2019 yeah right before corona so we went out and we drove from oklahoma city and I was going to do the time trial. And then I cannot remember now if there was a rest day and then the road race or the time trial and the road race. But either way, 
I was there the day before the time trial. The TT was okay. It was a little hot and windy. I came in fifth. Didn't feel great. The the bike was a hand-me-down. But I was like, okay, got on like the big podium. Not bad. Was really there for the road race. And the day before the road race just started not feeling great. And I didn't really know what it was. I didn't know. I've experienced altitude sickness in Denver before, but I had never been in like racing mentality. I was not super hungry. My appetite was off, which was weird for a rest day. And that was the first thing that kind of hit me. It was lunch. I was, I don't really want to eat. And I was like, you have a race. You need to eat carbs. And then by the day the race got there, just felt sort of like, it's almost really hard to pinpoint exactly how it felt, but definitely just the lack of power. And I felt like people were attacking and I was having a really hard time to even respond. And I had zero confidence in taking any flyer. It was really all survival and ended up in fourth or fifth. Maybe I got fifth again. Maybe I was fourth in the time trial. Can't remember. I was on the big podium again and it was just, by lack of hanging on, I out sprinted a guy for the last spot. A couple guys had gone up the road. And so I didn't do the show up and ride. And so that's what I did when we went to Albuquerque and I had mapped out, okay, I'm going to get to 5,000 as close as I can get to the race, but still be at 5,000 feet. And then, which is actually only like two hours away from Albuquerque. So I stayed, drove out there, stayed overnight drove in, got my number, went to bed and went and raced, felt totally fine. It was about a, the next day when rode Sandia's peak. And then the, it's all, for me, it's always the third day, third day started feeling bad. Like I woke up, woke up to ride, wasn't really hungry, felt off when rode, didn't feel good. And I was like, this is crazy. This is happening again. And I really thought it was in my head at first climb Sandia's peak was weaker than I was the day before. And then the next day is when we were leaving and I just had like crazy headache and was ready to get out of there. And um, so I think the tip is for me, everyone's going to be different. You're going to have to experiment with this a lot, which it stinks if it's a big race, but Hey, this is part of racing. It's never a perfect run up. I would show up the day before as late as possible, wake up and go race. I don't know what the science truly is with that, but like you do trick your body. Once it starts to try to acclimate, you go backwards before you go forwards. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, I would do the same thing. And I've actually considered, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it to Albuquerque this year, just because of life. But <laughs> if I get my stuff together, I'm considering flying and maybe trying to just fly out the, the day before, but I don't love that idea. So I'd still like to drive, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I think it's like, I have heard that and I've actually experienced that. Like the first couple of days I was here, I felt, pretty normal but then i think after i was here for like four or five days i definitely started to feel like pretty bad and i think it's like when you come right up to altitude you you're definitely like not acclimated but maybe your body's like not trying to acclimate yet so there's something about like once your body starts trying to like adapt to altitude that it just like shuts down or something Mm -hmm. I also noticed I felt, and I don't know if it was the heat. I can't remember how hot it was. Um, 
but it was hot enough that I remember having to have the air conditioning on in the car for the time trial. I want to say it was 30 or 40 minutes long and I felt more banged up. Like I felt like I raced and I mean, granted the 30 minute effort is pretty hard, but I mean, I ride pretty hard often. It's, I wouldn't feel super wasted from that. I was pretty wiped out from that. And then it's just, yeah, going through that process, like, man, this kind of stinks. So what, uh, and then I think another piece of that, before we get to people going from altitude to sea level, you know, what would you do to prepare for this? I think the biggest thing for me was I was looking at the course, having had the experience in Colorado, kind of knowing that climbs and hard efforts were going to be harder. I looked at what's the hardest effort. And in there, there's this thing called Heartbreak Hill. I've it's been actually, on that. It's awful. You've been on it before? Yeah, there was a race. They did like a different race. It was back in like 2014. I've done that. It's still just the wall. Yeah. So, and do you know what's actually funny? If you go from the bottom of 321 in Blowing Rock by where Sunset is and go up Sunset, and you can loop around a corner, it is almost the exact same distance and altitude climbed. Like it's a wall. And so I thought, okay, that's the hardest effort. I need to make sure I can do that effort at 5,000 feet and feel good about it. So I went on a four or five hour ride to be more tired, went down to the base, smashed two efforts, made sure my, I mean, I was worried about gearing and I'm like, well, okay, this seems fine everyone's going to be dealing with the altitude. Like there's not much extra special things I can do aside from what I said before, using a device like AeroFit to help improve my respiratory performance. Other than that, just attack this race, like every other race, knowing that I'm going to have a few less matches. And then with it also being a master's category race, it's going to be much shorter than I'm used to. It's only 60 miles. So you know, get through 30 miles and then start really racing and pouring it on and just be attentive. So I think approach it as best you can, but just realize most people are going to be in a similar situation. Those that are acclimated, no doubt they've got an advantage, but what are you going to do about it? You can't change that. So focus on controlling what you can control and you just got to show up and race. Yeah. You just have to like, accept that there's that it's going to feel different like you're not like you're not there's nothing wrong with you or you're not like on a bad day even Mm -hmm. if you are acclimated like you're still not able to do the same amount like you'll feel more normal but I mean like we do some of my favorite races actually maybe one of my favorite races which is in a couple weeks is Mount Evans Hill Climb which is the highest paved road in North America it's like 27 miles uphill up to 14,000 feet and like fact you're gonna once you get above tree line like it's gonna feel really weird you just have to go as hard as you can and everybody else is dealing with it and what is like, what is tree line where there's like no trees oh, what, so, what, like, oh, what, like 11,000 feet maybe okay that's next level and that's why people yeah. who do Leadville what does Leadville go to 12.5 like yeah if you've never ridden at altitude I then again, this is just my experience. The first time I hit eight, I was like, oh, dear God, that's where the power really started tanking. But I think 10, 11 is a different beast. That's what I hit in Ecuador. Yeah. Just 
dead. Like someone was holding my ankles and I was like, ah, and I was on a training ride after the race. This was after the race, after I got dropped. Um, and that's actually the race when it went up to 11,000, we were with a couple guys who one is from Kansas. So I don't know how he rode out there, but the other was from Albuquerque and he's ridden up to like Sandia's peak. So he's been around 11,000. So he knew what it, the feeling was. And I was just couldn't even keep up and just a total blob and then did a couple training rides and we went on a really cool road and just, just, yeah, it was bad until three weeks in. And so even the thing that's interesting is like Landry saying, if you're acclimated, once you're at 10,000 feet, you're still, you're only getting four and a half percent increase. Now, yeah, that, that's a big increase when we're talking, if you're racing someone similar category, four and a half percent advantage, it's huge. But, you know, you just got to put that behind you. Just pretend you're on a heavier bike or something. Um, you know, people are going to find there's going to be advantages in some races for you and sometimes for other people. So don't think, oh, I'm having this horrible day. A lot of people are in the same boat and you just have to push on. Um, and just, I, I think it's more push on and be smart about it. Don't go too hard. Don't put yourself in the red zone. Cause it, that's the other thing we haven't even said it yet. It's just really hard to recover from hard efforts. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah you don't have, you don't have as many matches. I remember like when I went down to Boone and did a group ride, it was like, I did an attack and then it's like a couple minutes later, it's like, Oh, I'm ready to attack again. I think that's one of the biggest things. It's just like you don't have as many matches and it just takes longer to recover. If you go too deeply. So what's your feeling coming from altitude and then coming to sea level where athletes are used to being able to go do 30 15s or, Hey, I'm going to go do a five minute effort, recover for three minutes and then go do another five minute effort. You probably can't do that as executed as efficiently at altitude simply because of the atmosphere working against you how does that affect the training at all or what do people how do you handle that do you do more rest in between your intervals up there and then does is the body just cool with it when you come to sea level like i'm only seeing advantages in coming to sea level but i'm sure there's got to be some weird nuances because since you can't put out more power like if you can't, if you put out 300 watts for X minutes at altitude, can you automatically put out 10% more when you come to sea level? Like, even though your musculature is not used to doing that? Yeah, that's actually been like, that was actually one of the weirdest things when I go to low, lower altitude is like, yeah, muscularly, it feels a lot harder and like, but you're not breathing as hard. So when we, when I do like a really hard effort, it's like my legs will be hurting a lot more. Like I can feel like I'm doing like more force, um, but it's like, I'm not even breathing hard. And so it's just like a different sensation. And it's almost like a lot of times, sometimes when we do the group ride and we're going up that last climb, well, first of all, there's like a long descent. So my body just kind of like locks down after that. But anyways, it's like, I'm not, I feel like I should be going able to go harder because I'm not breathing as hard as what I'm used to, but my legs are just like maxed out and it's really weird. So that's kind of like the way that it feels. I've gotten a lot more used to it to where like, I feel like good now at that altitude, but it took a while. And when I've prepped like uh, a couple of years ago, when I did San Dimas, 
in California, I was like preparing specifically for that race. And I did a lot of like 4020s and uh, yeah, like 4020s, like the long, like 10 minute ones, basically where I was focused on accumulating time, like at the power target that I was going to do for this uphill time trial, which the, and the thing with like the 4020s or the 3015s, like the long ones is you can accumulate more time at like a higher power than if I was to do like a VO2 max. So I think it was like our strategy was banking time at this higher power to get your body used to, to those outputs, whether that's mental or physical, I don't know, but that's kind of what the idea was. It's a good question though. I mean, there's, there's something to be said to just seeing yourself put out power and not feeling totally dead after that, even if it's much shorter than what you're training for. Um, it's actually, I had just posted on Instagram about these six by six rest reduction intervals, having athletes look at their six minute best. How do I do this now? Six minute best taking, I want to say 95% of it. I have to go back and look. The whole point is you take six minute intervals and you ride at endurance for four minutes between them. And then the next week you do two minutes between them. And then the next week you do zero minutes. You just crank out a 30 minute effort. And not many people have done this. I've had three people that have emailed me and said, dude, I did this because it just seemed weird. And I crushed a 30 minute PR. Did I, but did I really get that much stronger in three weeks? I said, who cares? You tricked yourself and I just believed you could crush. Right. And they're like, that was crazy. Um, so I'm actually, I'm going to post that to the training peak store because I built out the workouts and I should actually look it up. I can't believe I can't remember this. I haven't done it in a long time, but it worked for me. And that's when I decided to start doing it. And I'll give it to some athletes that are, the thing is you really have to be an athlete that diligently trains. Cause I do think there is some positive effect from doing something with four minutes rest and then doing like a threshold longer, uh, set of intervals and then coming back the next week and doing it and you're seeing this progress, that's all mental. I mean, we're not getting stronger that fast. And so to your point, is it mental or is it physical? Who cares? Made you faster. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think a lot of it's mental because I'm able to do numbers that in Boone that like I can't do here. And so it was like, I went for this KOM of George's gap or whatever. And it was, I think when I did it last year, it was like, Oh, I might be able to do like I don't Shoot. know, yeah. 370 watts or something. And like I felt, I, but I was looking at my power and I, I felt like I could have done more. And it was like, ah, like I held back too much. And even now it's like, I, I feel like if I look too much at my power, it's like, ah, like I could have, I could have done more. Like I wasn't, I was only maxed out like the last minute or two. So you and don't like your power when you're doing these? Well, I stopped because I kept holding myself back when I came to lower altitude. So I went back and did George's Gap this year. And crushed and it. Yeah, I was I was surprised at how fast. Well, I took it from Travis and then he like tried to take it back and then like tied me. So I had to go and do it again. But this time I basically just said, I'm not going to even look at my power and I'm just going to keep it in the big ring, like the whole way up and just crank. And okay. Like, so without making this a podcast about one specific KOM, but I tried for his and I, I 
what am I? I'm eight seconds off his old time. And I was moving. And I was like, okay, I can get eight seconds on this guy. And I can't remember the wind. How was the wind that day is my first question. And your time is very stout. Um, what, where in the ride, did you go over and do it? Were you like an hour into the ride? Cause some of these KOMs I go at, at like hour four and there's just no, like some of the ones in that backside, the way you showed me back to blowing rock, I'm just way too wasted. And so I even tried to do one the other day though. And that, when I was not, when I was in Boone and that's actually was a very frustrating day. Cause I was super far from a lot of them. I'm like, wow, I feel horrible. This is bad. Um, so how do you feel that day, and what was what were the conditions like? Um, you know, like I don't really think there was much wind at all, and especially like that climb, there's so many trees and stuff in the summer, yeah. like, and it's also super twisty. So I mean, even if the wind is coming from one direction, True. I don't. I mean, it was breezy, but I don't even. You're like it was probably like a five mile an hour headwind, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I don't really remember. I don't think so. so it wasn't right. memorable, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, and then I did it. I just went, like, straight down and did it. I was probably, like, an hour in. Okay. And then just, like, absolutely murdered myself. Hit, like, 201 beats per minute or something like that. And I was pretty much destroyed after that. So it was just, like, a one-off. Yeah. Like, all or nothing. I got I to gotta get this. And Dude, I'm sure crushed. somebody... I'm sure somebody will take it someday. I'm, someday, I'm but this is right a now. stout one. I think you'll be in the top 10 for a long time. And that's one thing. So I actually should really email Strava about this. I would like if I could follow a segment. So meaning, or so I could follow this and be like, I didn't know that you and Travis were going back and forth. That's super fun. Why don't I know about that? Like that would have been cool to see that play out. Like, Hey, Travis just tied Landry on that climb you're following. Ooh, Landry just took it back. I was like, oh, damn, let me watch this. <laughs> Second thing, if, if you have the KOM and someone comes within top five of you, I need an alert on that. I need to know someone's out there looking at my – like coming after me so I can maybe go back and double down and I'll lose this. Because how great would it be if, you know, Joey comes up, he's like, damn, I just got four minutes. Brennan Owings at 4.05. He goes back and gets 4.05 and thinks he's got – he's like, wait – or I'm doing the times wrong, but then I did in maybe like 350. He's like, damn it. He came back and did it better. And so you could like kind of jump ahead of people um, as they're trying to poach your stuff. But yeah, I think there's a lot of things that Strava should be doing. Uh, yeah. Anyways, after, after they're busy with, their I think Travis was very upset with me. Cause I noticed I went back and looked at his Strava and he started trying to take like all my other KOMs. <laughs> But he didn't get him, so it's like oh, Travis yeah. Byrne. He's probably gonna be man. Know, he's gonna be giving me the cold shoulder next time I see him on the group train. <laughs> is he riding still? That dude's super fast. Does he does he train anymore? Is he riding? I think he. I think I see. He doesn't upload all his rides to Strava, but he. What's up with that, guys? Other people do that. I have a friend that does that. He's like, all my rides are private. And yeah, I see him out. I see him out quite a bit. I still think he rides most days. I mean, he's he's still really fast. He's he's also like pretty punchy too. Like if he's yeah. with me at the end of the climb, like he's gonna out sprint for sure. Yeah, there's some strong guys up there. Okay, back to the topic. Altitude. <laughs> well, sorry everybody, but there was this just this, this, this KOM is beautiful. Is what is it, eight minutes? You guys are in the sevens. I think I'm in the eight minute. Yeah, it's, it's like eight minutes. Beautiful. It's eight minutes for slow people like me. It's seven something for Landry. And it's a beautiful climb. It is 
Yeah, I'm just going to bring people on. I can't wait. It's a cool name, George's Gap. Like, who doesn't want that? Everybody wants that. That's my favorite. That's my favorite road, honestly. I ride it all the time. I ride it very often. It's phenomenal. So I'm really looking forward to getting on the top of that leaderboard. I'll be be coming out for that one. I might just try and peak for next year for that. Dude, I am coming, like... I know you're gonna be coming for my KOMs. I'm, I'm gonna come for you this this fall. <laughs> Watch out! <laughs> Which ones do you want? I'm gonna take your your one that you did on like 421 on the Yolo full send ride. You took my oh, dark that's ridge. E- that's easy. You'll get dark ridge back. See, here's the thing. I have a lot of softies out there. There's a lot of them that, as I set them, I'm like this won't last. The oh, one, okay, the if somebody <laughs> takes, what's the one going over to George's Gap? That's the two and a half minute I took from Will Harden, which I was like pretty yeah, pleased with. I'm not masked gap. Dude, no I, if somebody takes that from me, I'm giving them 50 kudos. I was riding up this out of my freaking mind. Like I was spitting, on that. <laughs> spitting level. Were you on that? Oh, we did do that too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that was, maybe that's why I rode so hard. Like I needed that motivation of somebody behind me. I don't think I got out of the big ring, and it was one of those times you just feel incredible. And I thought, if I don't get this KOM today, I'm never getting it. I don't think I could touch that time. I was like triple coated in Lactico all over, felt nothing, and just shut my brain off and went so hard. I ride up that climb many times on the way to George's Gap, and I'm, uh, yeah, this is what I love about Strava. Okay, we got to get back to the topic. Um, Altitude. So what? Do you do then any other tips for going or things that are important for people going high to low? You can do more than like what you think you can. So just don't, I mean, honestly, like hide your power and like, just do it off a feel like, especially in a race, like you can just attack, like, don't be afraid to just like go full send. Like, cause you can, you can go deeper and recover. Like you have more matches. So, you know, maybe, if it's like a road race or something, like don't be afraid to be aggressive. So it's really more don't limit yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of it's just mental. Like it just feels different and you can, you can do more. Um, yeah. Um, and then I was going to, you know, I don't really have too much to share from uh, Ecuador. I think it was a lot of the same feelings um coming from florida we had the first four stages i think it was at sea level and so we did amazingly well there and then we drove to quito which is at 8500 feet and the race started i think at 9000 or 8600 and so that's one of the first races where i've been dropped within the first three minutes um you know just open highway and this little like i don't know uh, I don't know what the term is for this car, but this guy, like we're riding up this highway and I'm like, wow, I feel pretty bad. And so I think just that massive jump accelerated. I was hoping I would feel okay. The first day I didn't feel great. And we also didn't sleep much, but that's a different story. And I'm looking at this climb that we're coming up to. And the guy puts his arm on. I'm like, Oh damn, I think the stage is like about to start right here. And the guy waves the flag and this little beat up car drives up the hill and it was so wide, like 50 guys just attack. And I think they were probably all half my size, which also didn't help my case. But man, it was in me, it was just bodies everywhere, mostly tall gringo ones towards the back. 
and uh, got, got dropped pretty fast. So I think if you're going to go to a place where it's an extreme change, like 8,000 feet, I'm just going to wish you good luck. I don't really have a good answer for that one. It's pretty bad. And so looking at this chart, 85%, that probably sounds about right. I mean, my power, I should look back, but I remember riding, if I could do conservatively zone two, just cruising 270 times 84%, 226. Yeah, I think I was doing like 220. 215 and feeling bad actually that was at 11,000 so that makes even more sense yeah 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 so, when you're up to like when you're up to like 14,000 like the last 20 minutes of like mount evans or pipes p you can't go above like low tempo <laughs> and you're you're, <laughs> ma- you're maxed out like you are <laughs> at yeah. like low tempo it is crazy i'm looking at this chart non acclimatized 70 percent ftp at 14,000 feet basically i mean so, unless you unless you like live at 14,000 feet you're not acclimated even right yeah, yeah yeah and it's interesting the higher you go well, it's just that's not true i was gonna say something that's not true um closing thoughts this was a good one i really enjoyed this on um, any last tips thoughts going low to high high to low or what's your next altitude experience coming up? Um, I'm, well, I'm doing Mount Evans in a couple of weeks, which is like the state championship hill climb in Colorado. And there's a ton of prize money. So usually, though, because there's a bunch of prize money, there's always a bunch of like pros that show up. So like one year there was like – Chad Chad Higa shows up, Greg Daniels shows up, Keegan Spurble shows up, Sergei Petkoff, and then like the entire wildlife team, and they're all gonna race Tour of Utah. So we'll see what the field is like, but it's always a fun challenge. And then I'm coming back to low altitude, like three thousand feet, um, in like a month. So we'll be shredding. Yeah, I'll have, I'll still have like the extra red blood cells for Boone Grand Fondo, hopefully. So. When is that? Um, I don't know if I'm do that? I think it's like August 6th or something. Yeah, same weekend of Masters Nats. If I go out there, if I don't, I don't even know if I would do that. That course is not good. It's really Yeah, bad. it doesn't look like amazing, but I mean, since I'm there, I'm going to do it. So. The course is bad. The I, I really like the Grand Fonda people that put it on, but they put you on some very not safe roads. And I went on one where people were going 55. There's no shoulder there in Boone. And I'm like, why am I on this road? And then the descent back into town was super sketch. Uh, I don't Which know. road was it? I, it was, I don't know Boone well, but it was as if you were coming from the west side. So when I came down campus, like the town was on my left and campus would be on my right. And you're kind of, it's a weird setup. Look at the route. I, I don't know of all the roads, why they picked some of those blew my mind. Um, yeah. If you do it, maybe I would do it. And I don't know. I'd like to go ride with some of those other people. I haven't seen anybody out there if I'm back in town then, but yeah. But my final words are go climb mountains, go to places that have crazy uh, climbing ascents, be careful on the descents and 
did we make a crazy YOLO full send part two? I made one for you. I didn't know I was doing it. You made one for me? Wait, did you send that to me? Because I actually just looked back through Strava. Can you send it to me again? Because I looked back through Strava and I don't know if I have the notification. Yeah, it's um, like 20,000 feet of climbing. Oh God, I have not seen that. Send that to me. With, well, it has the it has like the extension. So you can go up Blue Ridge and then that's like 20,000. But if you just want to do like the semi yellow full send, it's only 17,000 feet. If I'm going that YOLO, I feel like I should do 20. <laughs> I'll send it to you. It's aggressive. Yeah, if you can email it to me, that'd be great. All right, man. Well, thanks for doing this. What's the next topic that we're doing? Do we know that for next week? I'm going to cut it. We're going to leave everyone in suspense, and I'm going to cut it here. <laughs>